This is the SFF Audio Podcast. I'm Scott. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hello there. Hi, Scott. It's just us two and the crickets and the cyclopses and the sirens. Cyclops. Cyclops skin. Cyclops. Yeah, what's the plural of cyclops? Cyclops skin. Cyclopskin. Yeah, because like kin at the end, right? Ah, okay. Yeah. All right then. <laughs> and the well, adjective is cyclopean. Cyclopean, yes. So we're talking about the Odyssey, of course. Mm-hmm. This is our third podcast about the Odyssey, and today we're going to talk about books 9 through 12. Mm-hmm. And Does that this sound right? Is, yeah, this is the most jam-packed part of the book, uh, or the, the, the poem uh-huh. so far. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, each chapter or each book has more than one adventure in it, and they're all like pretty well known, like, except for the last one, the Charybdis and the Scylla. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still, I'm trying to understand what's going on there, but I think yeah. I got a good handle on everything else. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Me as well. A lot of really familiar stuff in there Yeah, that, uh, you know, you've kind of pick up through, reading other books all the time, you know, mm-hmm. you can you can see where things come from. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This from from this book many books have come. Absolutely. And uh I you know, I I'm I think I I really got into this idea of reading this by uh reading a bunch of Philip K Dick early stories because he he was literally, you know, peppering all of his early fantasies with his short short story fantasies with with these ideas and um, you know, one of the one of the ones that you will know for sure is is the one we did about um, upon the dull earth, right? Mm-hmm. Which is book eleven. Yeah, where he goes to the land of the dead. Right. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Quite, quite familiar uh, in some of the aspects with the with the metal and the uh, the blood and the the visiting of the dead. Yeah. But you know, of course, Dick has his own take on what what it all means. <laughs> right. Now, I don't think we ever did a podcast on this, but um, on Stranger Tides by Tim Powers. Yeah. Um, yeah we that did. was a, Did we do that? I think. Yeah, we did. Okay. Um, but I remember you saying in there, because you did read it, um, that there was a, a point in there where someone wanted to contact someone who was dead. Yeah, it's so right he, at the beginning. Yeah, so he dug a trench and put blood in it, mm-hmm. and it's in this book here. If it doesn't come from here, I don't know where it comes from because this is pretty darn early, right? Yeah, for sure, for certain. Yeah. So fascinating. So yeah, at the end of uh, book eight, mm-hmm. um, the the microphone, as it were, is given to Odysseus <laughs> himself. Yeah, that's right? true. And uh, Odysseus, uh, right at the beginning of book nine, says, "I am Odysseus, son of Laertes." So anybody who hadn't picked that up by then who was in the room um now knows who he is he was sort of outed though right yeah he was he was so yeah it's like uh you either give your name or you end up being a liar one of the smart things about odysseus is he is a liar but he also knows that lies don't get you everywhere you want to go right (laughs) right so he he's very willing to use the truth when uh, he's gonna be caught. He only lies when he can get away with it. <clears throat> yeah, and at, at this point, he's he's got to be pretty pleased with his reputation, which he's learned from the 
uh, bard in the previous chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, uh, yep. He's he's known for every kind of craft. My fame has reached the skies, and now he can say that with uh, honesty. <laughs> yeah, he's um he's he's it, it's also interesting because in the first four books we're we're talking about Telemachus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the second books we're we're hearing about him uh, in a sort of a third person way, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And now here in books uh, nine through twelve, what we're getting is him telling the story. Uh, of what happened before all of right. this stuff happened. Yeah, right? I mean, it's brought us pretty much to the present time. Yeah, um, yeah. Right. All, all his backstory. Uh, yeah. Not no. All his backstory after the war. <laughs> How's that? Yes. No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Up, up to uh, the beginning of the story, uh, where he's uh, hanging out with the Nausicans. Is that right? Uh, hanging out with Calypso. Calypso. Right. Right. Okay. I. I still. Mm-hmm. There's still this. Uh, maybe maybe it's just the fact that every island he goes to, he finds a beautiful uh, goddess who <laughs> wants to bed him. Uh-huh. Um, but there's still in my mind, there's sort of a uh, Calypso and Circe are aren't that different. Once you know the initial uh, uh, meeting of Circe goes off, it's mm-hmm. they're so similar in that you know they want to keep him. Yeah, uh, their personalities are a little bit different, but even so. Um, yeah, yeah, they they are, yeah, pretty much the same type of character, no doubt. Easy to confuse, no question. Yeah, well, I mean, they, sh- they shouldn't be because mm-hmm. they are quite different, but the the sort of motivations are similar, at least uh, with regard to uh, Odysseus. It's it's almost like uh, what we're hearing is like a guy talking about all his old scores. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, and he's he it's like he's. He's talking, oh, there's two completely different beautiful babes. One lived over here and one lived over there. But the stories are kind of similar that he's relating about how, you know, uh, first he had to threaten them. And then uh, and then they immediately offered to bed him. Yeah, yeah. In fact, here's a, a sentence here. He says, true enough, <clears throat> Calypso, the lustrous goddess, tried to hold me back deep in her arching caverns, craving me for a husband. So did Circe holding me just as warmly in her halls. The bewitching queen of Aea, keen to have me too. Yeah. But they never won the heart inside me, never. So nothing is as sweet as a man's own country. His own parents, even though he's settled down in some luxurious house, off in a foreign land and far from those who bore him. Yeah, so he's still, you know, talking about his, you know, it's interesting he didn't say anything about his wife there. We talked no. about his wife last time. Yeah. But now he says his own parents. Um, it's kind which of like is, the which, audience is different, you know, like yeah. he's talking to the to Nausicaa and her her dad. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess everybody else in the court there and yeah. and so he's the focus is not hey, I'm not going to mention the wife too much because the daughter here is is uh still interested in me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. And um, that he mentions his own parents is interesting because his mom shows up later yeah. in this section. That's a good. That's a good bit. Um, mm. Why don't we go a little? Uh, I, I sort of jumped ahead there. Why don't we? Why don't we start with the beginning of uh, book nine, which mm-hmm. in, in my in my paper translation is titled "The Cyclops," but that's not that very beginning yeah. of it, right? In um, my my chapter is called "In the One-Eyed Giant's Cave." Book nine. Oh, that'll work too. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but there's more that's happening in there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, is this the part? Oh, wait, is the Lotus Eaters in this section? Um, I yes, think uh, yeah, I believe so because he's um, he he takes to see, and then um, a couple things happen. One one is he's got a, he has to fight an army at sea. He loses a bunch of guys there, right? And then he um, gets the weather against him. Zeus's weather is against him, and then he ends up at the island with the lotus eaters and his. Some of his um, crew eat lotus flowers, and then they just don't want to leave. Right. <laughs> they say, yeah. ah, why go home? This is really great here. So he physically carries those guys back onto the boat and takes off again. And then he ends up where the Cyclops is. Right. So it, it, uh, one of the things that struck me uh, after thinking about the, the lotus, e- lotus Eater section, which is very short. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a extended thing and nobody's really injured other than uh, a couple of guys become addicted to lotus right mm-hmm. uh, but one of the one of the interesting parts there is um i've been reading uh a philip k dick story called uh, piper in the woods which has been a very hard to understand story because i'm not sure exactly what was going on in it mm-hmm. uh, the basic idea behind it is that there's this uh asteroid and uh, at the beginning of the story, a doctor's been given a patient who's been living on this asteroid, uh, and he believes the patient says, "I'm a plant doctor," <laughs> and, and the doctor's like, "What do you mean?" And he says, "Well, I like to go out in the sun and lie in the sun all day, and I don't want to do any of the jobs I used to have to do on that asteroid." And the doctor's like, "Well, that's very strange." Um, and eventually, more and more people become. Uh, infected with this desire to lay in the sun all day and not do any work. Um, and at the end of the story, the doctor is like, well, it's, it's, it's caused by a nervous breakdown or something like that. And, and he comes, returns to his, his uh, hospital on Earth or wherever it is, and he's got two suitcases. He opens them up and takes out some dirt and then lays down in <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's a plant now too, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? What is the point of this? But um, it kind of reminded me now that I've been reading the Odyssey of this sort of lotus eater section where you've got people who who they for, they forget their home and their cares, and all they want to do is browse on lotus blossom fruit. Mm-hmm. And when I watched the uh, Italian. Um, uh, adaptation of the Odyssey, the miniseries, um, they actually had the visualization, and the visualization was cocaine. It was like, it was like white powder, and they were like just stuffing it in their faces. And uh, when we get this section with uh, the Lotus Eaters, he says, "Yeah, I had to f- carry them off, right? Use force hmm. to bring them back to the ships." And they wept all the way. Yeah. But once on board, I dragged them to the under the benches and left them in irons. And I commanded the rest of my loyal band to embark with all speed. And blah 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 blah. And then right. that came and haunted haunted us back later when we get to the sirens, right? Where he says, "Well, we're going to go into this place where it's super attractive and addictive." And uh, for some reason, he says, "I'm going to listen to this, <laughs> even though it's going <laughs> to." Drive me up the wall, like yeah. Uh, that is interesting. Why, why, why did he want to listen to it? You know, because uh, 
Who yeah, was it? wasn't it Cersei that was explaining to him yeah. what was going to happen? And she says, well, one way you can listen to this. Yeah. And he didn't say, well, I really want to listen to it. But yeah. she said, if you tie yourself to the ship so that you can't do anything, then you can listen to it. That's and he's right. like, okay, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, it's <laughs> almost like uh, he, he, wants to, he wants to have every experience possible. Yeah, right? yeah and uh, I, I recall, <clears throat> you know, this might be a faulty memory, but my memory of a similar story in mythology is that the guy who he was needed to navigate. So he was like pointing where he was going mm-hmm. and they, the people who had their ears blocked would just watch him and he would point to where they, and for some reason he needed to be able to hear to do that hmm. and see that that could be, like I said, a no, faulty memory. Familiar. I'm no, not sure where like, that comes from. Sounds like it would have been in a story somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this is very familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when we get to Cersei, uh, the thing that struck uh, stuck out so much is the wand, right? And then I started realizing, oh, she's got a wand, but so does so does uh, Harry. Um, not Harry's. Her- Hermes. Hermes. Hermes right. has a wand too. He's got a golden wand, but hmm. <laughs> um, uh, the fact that she has a wand, I mean, that's this is where wizards come from, right? This yeah, is Harry. Yeah. Po- this is Harry Potter's origin. Uh huh. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So, um, why don't we move on to this, the Cyclops proper? Okay. And, and his name is Polyphemus, which I, <clears throat> I wanted to look up and hadn't done. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was your take on, on, on that? It's yeah, so I mean, familiar. It, it, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. So, um, Odysseus and, uh, what, nine, nine of his fellows, <laughs> they, uh, I think it was nine. They, yeah, they, yeah, they run up to uh, this cave where um, the Cyclops live, and they're pretty darn hungry at this point. And when they get into this cave, you know, the Cyclops, of course, is a giant, and he's got uh, cheeses in this cave and um, sheep in there. So, again, you know, with this whole home homecoming theme that, to me, has been recurrent still, you know they they want to steal the stuff, but Odysseus is like, ah, I don't think we should do that. Let's hang tight and wait for this guy to come back. But they end up eating the cheese anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I don't know if Odysseus has any. Isn't that? Don't they say that he does not? I can't uh, remember. Maybe that may be later. Recall. That may I be don't later. recall. Okay, but um, anyway, he's they, not a consistent character. Yeah, I mean, so, <laughs> he's, he's all over the map. Right. So they eat, they eat some of the cheese and then they they hide in this place waiting for this giant to come back. And then the giant comes back, and he's got a whole bunch of, uh, you know, uh, a whole herd of uh, sheep. Are sheep mm-hmm. called herds? Can't sure, remember. a herd of, sh- uh, sheep. <laughs> herd of sheep, yes. Yeah, so anyway, they, they, uh, they're all brought to this cave, and the Cyclops patiently milks every one of them, sets some milk, you know, it's very descriptive, sets some milk aside to, to make cheese with, and all this stuff. And then after he's done doing all that, then he says, okay, strangers, like he knew they were there all the time. Mm-hmm. He says, what are you guys wanting? And then and he... It's a, it's a very... Um, it's, it does, it's sort of shocking what comes next, right? Because right. He's, he's almost like... He, he is almost like a regular host. Yeah, he really is. Even though these guys are hiding from him. And um, yeah, and then he... You know, one thing that I forget to mention is that he closes this huge door which is basically a giant rock that only he can lift he closes that behind him so no one can leave 
And then he takes uh, two guys and violently smashes them against the ground and pulls them apart and eats them. Yeah, he makes makes his breakfast out of them. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that scene uh, had me thinking of something that it was like a, reverse, a reversal of Beowulf. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning of Beowulf, there's a scene in which... Uh, well, it's not the beginning. The first half of Beowulf, Grendel comes to the ho- the great hall, mm-hmm. right, and he tears the men limb from limb and eats them, right. Um, but in that case, it's an invasion. Grendel is coming into the hall, whereas in this case, the men are there invading uh, Polyphemus' uh, space, and he does the exact same thing, right. But uh, the 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 fact that that he is, he didn't invite them in, almost justifies it, right? Yeah. Th- these guys come in, they steal from him, and he's like, oh, and now you want to get out of here too? Huh. Well, <laughs> also, his dad is, is Poseidon, right? And Poseidon's already mad at, at uh, he's already, I, I believe at this point, he's already mad at, at uh, Odysseus, isn't he? Who, Poseidon? Yeah. Well, the, I think this is where we discovered the reason. Because at the beginning of the book, we know that Poseidon doesn't like Odysseus, but I don't recall ever getting the reason. Yeah. And well, then I later think on, this is in, definitely a good reason. Yeah. And then later on in in books nine through twelve, I recall it saying, "And Poseidon, who hated uh, Odysseus because he killed his son uh, with the Cyclops' name that I don't recall." It's uh, you said it. Polyphemus. Polyphemus, yeah. right. I, I looked it up, by the way. It means uh, uh, very famous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. But much spoken of or famous, nice. yeah. And it, this is interesting. I found this, this section where it uh, says this. You know, So after making the cheese and gently milking all these things, it says, you know, after he has a quick conversation with Odysseus, not a word in reply to that, the ruthless brute. Lurching up, he lunged out with his hands towards my men and snatching two at once, Wrapping them on the ground, he knocked them dead like pups. Their brains gushed out all over, mm-hmm. soaked the floor, and ripping them limb from limb to fix his meal, he bolted them down like a mountain lion, left no scrap, devoured entrails, flesh and bones, marrow and all. And then Odysseus, uh, we flung our arms to Zeus, we wept and cried aloud, looking on at his grisly work. So, yeah. It's, you know, um, it, 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 it it's, brings it's to my mind, um, you know, the Gilgamesh epic too. You remember how, you know, I wish I had looked this up before the show, but um, who's, the, you know, you have Gilgamesh and then... Enkidu. Enkidu, right. His kind of counterpart who is wild. Enkidu, right, wild is, Enkidu is cultured, or I'm sorry, Gilgamesh is cultured and Enkidu is wild. So here in... in the Cyclops, he we we show him being all cultured, and then all of a sudden he's wild, mm-hmm. and that's an interesting situation you know, that's set up there. The other thing that that is striking about this is, you know, he uh, we've got Odysseus going from island to island, from the bed of one uh, queen of uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> nymph uh, goddess to mm-hmm. the other, um, and this is a case where he goes to a bachelor's home. <laughs> Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and instead of being warmly greeted, uh, <laughs> invited into bed and food, he's greeted with a a smash to the head of his soldiers, and um, and and he's at, it's terror. He's kind of terrorizing them in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
it's more like he's treating them as talking animals. Um, he thinks they're kind of funny. He laughs at them, and he also, uh, you know, he his plan is to keep them alive so that they're breakfast, lunch, and dinner, dinner for a while. I think he also asks about their ship, right? He, mm. he asks, where, where is your ship and what does, harbor yeah. is it in? Mm-hmm. But uh, there is also an interesting um, description of the island itself, and I'm not sure if it comes before um, before we reach the island or after, but it was talking about... Uh, oh, I've got it in my notes here. Um, uh, the Cyclops... Uh, on the island have no laws they uh, no laws of helping each other so when he calls later on to his brother his brothers on the island mm-hmm. um they have no obligation to help him they could help him if they want to but basically this is a land of uh, the what the i don't have the description handy but it was a land of um uh, libertarianism. <laughs> the, the, maybe the common defense was okay, mm-hmm. but um, you know, you can do what you want in your cave. I can do what I want in my cave. Um, and our our character Polyphemus, he, he is he is uh, an extraordinarily interesting figure because he treats the humans as uh, little more than livestock that can talk. And yet he treats his livestock as um, more like pets, where he caresses them, he milks them gently, as you said. And then uh, later on, when, when Odysseus and uh, his, his men stab him in the eye mm-hmm. and, and let him out of the cave, uh, you know, he, uh, right before the end, as, as uh, all the other soldiers have escaped, the ram that usually leads the, the flock is the last to leave. And Polyphemus has a nice little conversation with this <laughs> ram, one-sided. But mm-hmm. he's saying, you know, uh, you sense the the you sense the um, the damage that was done to me. You know, we're like, uh, we're good friends, <laughs> sort of thing. And then, of course, Odysseus escapes while holding on to this ram as he he gets out, right? But he mm-hmm. caresses his, his flock with a great affection. But for the the humans, uh, who who you know who call to Zeus for for uh, you know a peaceful host host guest relationship, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, uh, Polyphemus laughs at this because of course his father's Poseidon, who is not exactly Zeus's best friend, right? Right, He's right. He's more a, a, more of a rival. Yeah, and. Uh, I mean, we get we get problems later on, but I thought this that was really a, sort of an interesting. He's a, he's a very interesting figure, Polyphemus. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and and, and there's some interesting stuff here too. When um, you know, after smashing his buddies, um, the Cyclops. Well, Odysseus says, "You know what? The first thing I thought is I'm going to attack him with my sword." You know, but then mm-hmm. he he immediately thought, "Well, how are we going to get out of here if this guy doesn't lift that door?" Right. So he had some thinking there. And then the Cyclops just goes ahead and goes to sleep. You know, it has no worries about these right. guys at all. It's like having some birds stuck in your house. You can, you yeah. can yeah, kill them now and let them rot, or you could wait, yeah. wait and eat them in the morning. No concern at all. And then another thing that I noted was he, while the Cyclops was snoozing, 
or when he was away, actually. The next day, the Cyclops right. opens the door, goes away, closes the door again, so these guys are stuck. They fashion this stick so that they can poke him in the eye with it. And um, I thought that the, it was interesting. He wanted to cast lots to... He wanted four of these guys who would brave it out with me, it says in here, to hoist our stake and grind it into his eye. And then he said, luck of the draw, I got the very ones I would have picked myself. Four good men and I in the lead made five. I thought that was an interesting statement. So he he has four guys with him, and then the next night, they go ahead and let him have it. Yeah, after giving him the, the, the double, yeah. it, it's like... The 20 power wine or something, right? Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. supposed to have one cup for every, uh, one cup of it for every 20 cups of water you add to it. Yeah, yeah. And and there, that was a very fortuitous uh, bringing of a giant bag of wine mm-hmm. uh, because <laughs> he, yeah. he, I think he says, uh, I had some dream that I needed it or something like that, but it right. didn't prevent him from actually go on the, going on the island. The dream wasn't <laughs> quite clear enough. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I, I, I'm remembering a little bit more about the island as well, um, and it's just described. We don't really see that much of it, but it's described. And one of the things that said about it was that it was a, a island suitable for for farming, but it wasn't farmed. And it, it, there is kind of like a mystery element as they uh, go into the island. They're not sure uh, what's going on so they go into the cave and they see all these giant things right and they're like well something giant going on here um there's somebody living here and because of the the description of it sort of being you know no it's a a land inhabited by individuals not uh families right Mm -hmm. even though they're all brothers they're all brother they're all children of poseidon uh sons of poseidon they all live on this island independently with no laws and uh, not using the land. And I, that sort of went back to me, made me think of the, the relationship, you know, that the, that, the, um, that the Americans say that the Indians don't have with the land, right? They're not working the land. That's why our manifest destiny is to go and take over this land. And it sort of made it made a, the the two cultures clash mm-hmm. in that you know these guys think why would no people come to this land and work this land it needs to be worked it's like they don't say oh nature it's beautiful <laughs> they say this land should be farmed yeah or yeah. whatever right yeah it is it's a stark difference between odysseus's culture and the cyclops culture yeah um, even if they have a culture it's it's mm-hmm. It, they have a common language, but they, you know, they sort yeah, of how, how sort does, of think he's got a plague or something, right? Yeah. How does how does this tie into it? Um, another thing that I noted that I thought was really interesting. He says, uh, after he gets the Cyclops drunk, he says, "So you ask me the name I'm known by, Cyclops? I will tell mm-hmm. you, but you must give me a guest gift as you've promised, right? Which is from his culture, right? Right. And then right. he says, "Nobody. That's my name. Nobody. So my yeah. mother and father call me. All my friends." Yeah. And then the Cyclops kind of freaks out. Nobody, I'll eat nobody, last of all his friends. Right. And then he kind That's of, the gift, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So why, why, it's interesting in this book 9 through 12, all these things, you know, creatures that um, Odysseus is encountering, 
know that he's coming, right? Yeah. It's like when they find out who he is, they all say, oh, I was told that Odysseus was going to come right. and this was going to cause me trouble. Um, but why, you know, how does Odysseus know that Cyclops know? Why, why did he say I'm nobody? I guess that's my question. Oh, well, I, I, I think that there's a, you know, when he was thinking about, you know, he draws that sword out and he's going to go stab the giant, the sleeping giant in the heart. Mm-hmm. And he realizes we can't get through the door. He does what he always does, which is, I have a cunning plan, my lord. You know, it's, <laughs> it's the uh, it's the Trojan horse, which uh-huh. also is, I think, don't we get that in this section, or maybe it's the previous no, section? No, it was a previous section. Yeah, yeah. okay, so mm. um, we get that idea that, that uh, he's got a cunning plan, and his cunning plan is, well, we're going to blind him, and uh, he's going to open the door for us, and when... We blind him. There, he's going to call for help from his community, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to say, "Who killed you?" And that's exactly what happened, right? He planned that far. He, he's like checkmate. You know, he's got planned so far ahead. Mm-hmm. And the guys, he says, "Who, who, who hurt you? Nobody hurt me." <laughs> <laughs> it, it's kind of a joke, but it's uh-huh. also uh, it's 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 in the exact same vein as the the Trojan horses. They've really got. Uh, you know, these people are easily tricked back then. Yeah. Yeah, and it does uh, serve to really piss off the Cyclops, too, because the Cyclops does freak out in the next paragraph. He's only got one eye. <laughs> yeah, well, not yet. I mean, before he's got one eye, it, it gets him to topple over, kind of come after him. He's drunk, you know, and and uh, he just needed to rile him up so that he'd he'd run after him and fall down so they could go ahead and do what they needed to do. Yeah, but but in offering the the gift, which isn't mm-hmm. really a gift, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a drug. Mm-hmm. Um, he is he is uh, risking his men so that they can possibly escape, mm-hmm. and it is it's a gamble, like just like the uh, the Trojan horses that some people say don't bring it into the city, let's burn it, um, and other guys say no, let's uh, let's bring it into the city because that would be sacrilegious. I mean, in a way, what what he is always doing and why he's always getting into trouble is he's being, um, he's breaking, uh, religious. He's, he's screwing with the gods. Don't mess with the gods because this is what happens when you do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, by killing the, the son of this God beside he's, he's really pissed him off by, by, uh, attacking the city of Troy. I, I believe, I believe there's something about the Poseidon hating, Hating uh, uh, Odysseus before Odysseus before that, I think okay. I think there's something there, but I I, mm-hmm. I can't put my finger on exactly what gotcha. it is, but it might be because of Poseidon uh, and Troy were linked. Yeah, sure. yeah. So yeah, so they they poke the Cyclops in the eye, they run outside, take all his sheep, <laughs> and then he calls back to the Cyclops. So, Cyclops, yeah. no weak coward it was whose crew you bent to devour there in your vaulted cave with your brute force. Your filthy crimes came down to your on your own head, you shameless cannibal, daring to eat your guests in your own house. So Zeus and the other gods have paid you back. Which is interesting. You know, Zeus is who he was blaming for having all this trouble in the first place at that point. You know, Zeus is the one who gave him the winds and things. Yeah, the sky god, yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, 
It's a. It's a bad boast. <laughs> he should have just shut up. Yeah, he should have. And then the Cyclops throws a rock at him. Yeah, flung um, a rock to the sea, and his his crew's like, "Hey, dude, <laughs> be quiet. Why are you riling this guy up? Just let's go." But uh, I think from that point <laughs> on, he he sort of adds the fact that he killed uh, the the uh, Cyclops to his repertoire of names, you know, mm-hmm. when uh, he is the giant killer, right? He, yeah, is, yeah. he is the guy who goes around uh, kicking ass. And he's proud of the fact of this. Yeah, yeah. But that... Yeah, and, and that, then here's the part, you know, as, as he sails further away, he says, Cyclops, if any man on the face of the earth should ask you who blinded you, Shamed mm-hmm. you so? Say Odysseus, raider of cities. He gouged out your eye. Laertes' son, who makes his home in Ithaca. He even tells him where he lives. And yeah. then, um, now the Cyclops says that thing that I said earlier. He says, oh, no, 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 the prophecy years ago, it all comes home with a vengeance now. We had a prophet here, a great tall man, Tele- Telemus, Eurymus' son, a master at reading science, who grew old in his trade, amongst his fellow Cyclops. All this, he warned me, would come to pass someday that I'd be blinded here at the hands of one Odysseus. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's really there's interesting. There's a whole story behind... There's, there seems to be like a backstory for everybody, mm-hmm. which is, makes it rather rich. Um, yeah. You know, the other thing I think that happened in the beginning of this chapter, and I could be wrong, but I think it's the beginning of this chapter, or book, is that we've got uh, Odysseus talking about, yeah, he is a raider of cities. In fact, what they did right before they went to the uh, islands of the Cy- uh, Cyclops, they uh, they pillaged a city. They sack a city, um, and they lose some ships, right, in that uh, retreat. But the sack mm-hmm. of the city is um, just to get some some swag. Hmm. It's not like they had a grievance against the people. It's just like, and because we left, the, we wanted to go home rich, we sacked the city, and then they they drank too much. And and Odysseus says, "Well, I said, I said to everybody, we gotta leave, guys." But they didn't listen to me because they were busy drinking and and mm-hmm. uh, having fun and dr- eating, and and they lost a lot of shit. That's why he's only got the one ship at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And it's yeah, he's he's not a hero in the sense that uh, uh, he always he's a Dudley Do Right, you know. He's a uh, he's just a guy who is tricky and clever, and uh, he's our viewpoint character. He's not like a a guy who goes around righting wrongs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the next thing that I had marked mm-hmm. was um, the Cyclops defeated thrusts his arm to the starry skies and prays to Poseidon. And he says, um, if I'm really your son and you claim to be my father, grant that Odysseus, raider of cities, Laertes' son who makes his home in Ithaca, never reaches home. Or if he is fated to see his people once again and reach his well-built house in his own native country, let him come home late and come a broken man, all shipmates lost, alone in a stranger's ship. And let him find a world of pain at home. And so Polyphemus prayed, and the god of the sable locks heard his prayer. Mm. And once again, the Cyclops picked up a boulder and bigger fire far this time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know who is really not present in this book, other than by being present in every 
book <laughs> is is uh, Poseidon. He never makes an yeah. on-screen appearance, right? Right, right. Uh, one of, yeah, I think, not so far. Yeah. I think one of the descriptions of him somewhere in here is that he was blue-haired. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. Blue-haired Poseidon. <laughs> yeah, and in my translation, it um, you just you just said something. In the sentence you just read, you said blue. Here it says, um, so he prayed and the god of the sea blue main. Right. Poseidon yeah, that, is what my translation says. Yeah, so the sable locks mm-hmm. might be uh, locks as in locks of hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure what color sable is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it's sea doesn't, blue. <laughs> doesn't Aquaman have blue hair? Uh, I think he does. Yep. Aha! <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> uh-huh. No, he doesn't. He's blonde. He's blonde. But uh, maybe it's the Submariner. <laughs> well, one of those guys. I remember a blue-haired guy swimming in the ocean. Yeah. No, I think Submariner that's another also image. is... Uh, I think he is... Um, Namor, the Submariner. I think uh-huh. he is uh, black-haired. Uh, yeah, he's black-haired. So, yeah. uh, it's interesting. Well, that's that's book nine. That's book nine. Yep. Yep. Now, book ten is for me is called Circe. Okay, let's see. Book ten for me is called the Bewitching Queen of. A E A E A. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, okay. Mine starts. Our next landfall was the floating island of Aeolia. Now, this is not uh, where Cersei lives. This is perhaps the strangest uh, place he visits, mm-hmm. uh, arguably, with the Aeolians, who are the air people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminds me of Gulliver's Travels in a way because the people are rather strange there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have uh, control over the winds. And this is where he gets his bag of wind. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Sable Locks means God of the Dark Hair. God of the dark but, hair. Yeah, it doesn't say blue in this translation that I'm holding, but maybe in the uh, audiobook. Are you still listening to the uh, Ian McKellen Red audiobook? I am. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, maybe it was in there. Um, yeah, and, and uh, he, he's, he's reading the translation that I have. Oh, oh okay. That makes it a little yeah. easier mm-hmm. to keep track. Uh, mine's uh, quite, quite, quite a different translation, but it's, uh, I mean, it, you can almost follow it line by line. Mm-hmm. And the translation, uh, I, I mean, I th- one of the cool things about the audiobook and Ian McKellen's version of it was, uh, especially near the end of this chapter where he's talking to Cersei, I think it's the very end of this chapter, mm-hmm. um, of this book. Sorry, um, no, it's not in this in this one I'm holding. But or no, maybe it's not at the end. But it's the end of a scene. Um, <laughs> so he says to Cersei. I you I promise you, uh, you know you have to let my men go. I won't mm-hmm. eat any of this food. Uh, I won't take any of your I won't take any of your host hostess offerings uh-huh. until how can I when my men are still pigs? <laughs> and and she says, uh, oh well then blah blah blah. And then and so he mounted her bed. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and way oh. uh, McKellen says it, it's like, uh-huh. Yeah, it's not yeah. just like a climbed up onto her bed. It's yeah, like, that, was, that was something else. It was yeah. so, so, a little so, bit. So Cersei turns all his soldiers into pigs. Right. And then um, she gives Odysseus a drug, and uh, he drinks it. And it doesn't do anything to him. And she says, never has any other man withstood my potion. Never. Once it's passed his lips and he's drunk it down. You have a mind in you no magic can enchant. You must be Odysseus, man of twists and turns. Hermes, the giant killer, god of the golden wand. (laughs) He always says you'd come, homeward bound from Troy in your swift black ship. Come, sheathe your sword. Let's go to bed together. Mount my bed and mix in the magic work of love. We'll breed deep trust between us. So she turned from, <laughs> I want you, Dad, to, hey, since that didn't work, how about this? You know, she, she's a really interesting character. And, mm-hmm. and uh, she is rather, personality-wise, she's quite different from Calypso, who, who's more, much more domestic mm-hmm. in a certain way. You know, like she's more of a, more of a let's get married, and <laughs> I'll make you breakfast, and that sort of thing. Whereas... Uh, Cersei is more. She is a wizard, and and uh, in the my original understanding, but I, it did, didn't seem clear to me in this reading. But my original understanding, all of the animals that are on in her island are men who are transformed, uh-huh. and that is not true. I think in this reading, I think it's quite clear that uh, only the, the 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 pigs are men, but. On her island, she also has uh, mountain lions that are tamed mm-hmm. or drugged so that they don't attack. Yeah. And there's also wolves, I think, or dogs. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yep. And and so the men, the one guy who returns to the beach and says, hey, uh, yeah, so, yeah, the way that's, the way we get to Cersei is they all land on the island and because of the last experience with uh, Polyphemus, they're all scared shitless to mm-hmm. do anything so uh they cast lots they said we're gonna have two groups one group goes and investigates the island the other group is gonna stay with the ship guard the <laughs> ship right yeah um and uh i don't know if it was on purpose but it, it one guy i think it's you you Eulachius or something his name mm-hmm. um one of yeah, uh, they drew lots cousin, again. Yeah, he picked cousin, first. <laughs> right, he takes yeah. a black stone out of a helmet, and uh, that means he leads the the away party. So they go on the away mission, and he comes back after they find her house and go through these woods and see all these strange animals. And he he says to his men, "Go in there," and he stays outside, and then they don't come out, and he runs back, freaked out to the shore, and. And is totally unmanned mm-hmm. by what happened, what, what experience. He didn't even really see anything, which is uh, maybe it's, you know, just seeing mountain lions and, and wolves wandering around peaceably without attacking you is, is scary. I don't know. <laughs> but when uh, I think the next thing that happens is, is just, is everybody go or is it just, I think it's just. Um, I'm pretty sure it's just Odysseus. Just Odysseus. The mm-hmm. rest of the guys stay behind because they're all too afraid. Mm-hmm. So he goes, he he talks to, uh, oh, a- on the way, he stops and he meets Hermes. Hermes mm-hmm. shows up, right? And he shows up as a youthful young man who's got, has he got his golden wand or, I can't, I can't remember. 
Yeah, I don't recall the one. But he says, uh, he says, hey there, Odysseus, you're about to meet Cersei. And here's what's going to happen, right? And here's what you're going to do. She's going to threaten you. Uh, no, she's going to give you a drug that's going to turn you into a pig unless you have this. And he points to the ground. And there's uh, this drug, uh, this herb, this plant, this, this magic plant called molly, which uh, is a real, it's got a real Wikipedia entry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not magic. But what was interesting is I was researching this. Uh, it, it's, uh, let me read what it says here. Um, medical historians have speculated that the transformation to pigs was not intended literally, but refers to anticholinergic intoxication, hmm. um, which is a kind of um, it's a kind of drug that it's you know it affects your mental processes. But this is what it says. Symptoms include amnesia, hallucinations, and delusions. So the men, he, he recognized them, his men as pigs, right? He says, those are my men. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you recognize, I think it was the other guy, Eulachius, recognized them as pigs, right? Yeah. How does he recognize them? Unless they're wearing clothes or anything, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But if they're on the ground and they're going, <laughs> <laughs> might fit a little better. Um and then it says here, a little farther down on the Wikipedia, it says, The description of Molly fits the snowdrop, a flower of the region which contains galantamine, which is uh, an anticholinitarase and can therefore counteract the uh, drug that uh, Cersei was giving them. Hmm. Well, that's uh, interesting. In the potion, so, right? so it's, it's a literal thing. Yeah, it, it's like a. That? It, 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 she's a wizard, and what do wizards do? According to Harry Potter, they mix lots of potions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they use their wands. Mm-hmm. Um, sh- she's drugging these guys to turn them into, I would say, to domesticate them, right? To it, it, this is if it's a metaphorical story, she is using her instead of using force like Polyphemus does, right? She tames men to her will by uh, drugging them. And this is sort of the traditional way women get revenge on men, right? They don't stab them or shoot them. They drug them. They Mm -hmm. poison them. Hmm. Uh, She establishes her dominance with that. And when when Odysseus doesn't have that response, right, Mm -hmm. that everybody else has ever had, she immediately gives in. Yeah. And and that I, I thought that was sort of an interesting way of looking at it as a as a um, some sort of commentary on the social relationship between men and women. Uh, in you know, men are in charge unless women can find a way to to uh, make them tame. Yeah, yeah, and this for sure. Yep. And then um, Odysseus says, "No, I'm not gonna." I'm not going to mount your bed because <laughs> if I'm there, I mean, you'll unman me, he says. Right, yeah. And then that's, that's he good. says, you know, he says, not for all the world. And then he says, unless <laughs> yes. you consent to swear a binding oath that you'll never plot some new intrigue to harm me. And if straight away she began to swear the oath that I required and that's all he needed. Yeah. She, her castle, you know, is described as uh, enchanted, right? Mm-hmm. She is a magician. She is a, 
not just a goddess and a uh, or maybe a uh, nymph, but also um, uh, a sorceress. Mm-hmm. And I've seen I've seen it says uh, Cersei the sorceress, right? Yeah, yeah. As as a chapter heading, um, yeah. it's interesting. Also, she return he returns there, right? So the next we get to the end of this chapter, she gives him advice, um, and then says, "Well, you want to go home after a year." They spend yeah. a year there, mm-hmm. and then the men say, "We should be getting a home, Captain." Yeah, we should be going. And we then, yeah, and then she tells him, uh, "No, you, you've got to go to the underworld and consult the ghost of what's his name, Teresius, Teresius, mm-hmm. seer of the thieves. Thief and, yeah. yeah, the great blind prophet whose mind remains unshaken." And he's like, "Oh, bummer." Um, and then he tells his men, and they're you know, they can't believe it either. They're like, oh boy. So, yeah, he says, so she said and crushed the heart inside me. I knelt in her bed and wept. I had no desire to go on living and see the rising light of day. But once I'd had my fill of tears and writhing there, at last I found the words to venture. Circe, who can pilot us on that journey? Who has ever reached the house of death in a black ship? Yeah, he's, uh, uh, he's got a black ship. Mm-hmm. Nice black ship. Um, this is, uh, I've got the beginning of the next chapter here in hand and I want to read this because I okay. think it's, it's very, uh, evocative. It's called the book 11 is the book of the dead. Mm-hmm. Our first task when we came down <sighs> to the sea and reached our ship was to run her into good salt water and put the mast and sails on board. We then picked up the sheep we found there and stowed them in the vessel after which we ourselves embarked, and a melancholy crew we were. There were not a dry cheek in the company, however. Circe, the lovely tresses of the lovely tresses, human though she was in speech, proved her powers as a goddess by sending us friendly escort of a favorable breeze, which sprang up from astern and filled the sails of our blue proud ship. So they've got a front, a blue front on their ship, mm-hmm. all we uh, on their black ship. All we had to do after putting the tackle in order fore and aft was to sit still while the wind and the helmsman kept her straight. With a taut sail, she forged ahead all day till the sun went down and left her to pick up the way through the darkness. Wow. And then, and then this is where it gets interesting. Thus she brought us to the deep flowing river of oceans. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Deep flow uh, of ocean. In mine, in mine, it says, um, and she made the outer limits, the ocean rivers bounds where Sumerian people have their homes. Right. Um, And the frontiers of the world where the fog-bound Sumerians, or Sumerians, depending on your pronunciation, uh, lives in the city of perpetual mist. Now, Sumerian, or Sumerian, is is what Robert E. Howard's using for for, uh, his Conan character. That's Mm -hmm. where Conan's from. Um, so this is like the roots of a lot of stuff, not just mm-hmm. Harry Potter, oh, but yeah. also it's, it's like the original fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. maybe, maybe, uh, uh, the story of Gilgamesh is a little bit, uh, earlier, but I'm not sure it's been referenced more, at least in Western literature, because I think part of the reason for that is that it was, it was missing. We didn't have it most of this, right? Yeah, true. We've mm-hmm. had the Odyssey, uh, in the Greek times and in the Middle Ages, uh, maybe not as much, but it, it's been around. Whereas uh, I believe um, it was the, only the 19th century when we got uh, uh, the story of Gilgamesh back. 
Yep. Yep. Um, and then this is this is where it's it's very interesting. So here we beached our boats. Um, night, by the way, is also capitalized as a as a goddess or a god. Mm-hmm. Here we beached our boat, and after disembarking the sheep, made our way along the banks to the river of ocean, till we reached the spot that Circe had described. There, while per- while Perimedes mm-hmm. and Eurocles caught hold of the victims, I drew my sharp sword from my side and dug a trench about a cubit long and a cubit wide. Around this trench I poured libations to all the dead, first with the mingled honey and milk, then with sweet wine, and last with water. Over all this I sprinkled some white barley and then began my prayers to the helpless ghosts hmm. of the dead. Promising them directly, I got back that Directly, I got back to Ithaca. I should sacrifice a barren heifer in my palace, the best I had in my possession, and heap the pyre with treasures and make the Tiresians a separate offering of the finest jet black sheep to be found in all the flocks. When I had finished my prayers and invocations to the communities of the dead, I took the sheep and cut their throats over the trench so that the dark blood poured in. And now the souls of the dead who had gone below came swarming up from Erebus. Mm-hmm. Fresh brides, unmarried youths, old men with lifelong suffering behind them, tender young girls still nursing their first anguish in their hearts, and a great throng of warriors killed in battle, their spear wounds gaping yet, and all their armor stained with blood. And it goes on to be quite descriptive. And this chapter is astoundingly interesting. I th- it's very different from the rest of the book, too. Yeah, it really is. Yep. Lots of characters in this chapter. Um, lots and one, lots of ones that he just sees and doesn't converse with, and then ones he converses with. He sees Achilles and Ajax. Yeah, Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Oh, Tantalus. Sisyphus. Sure. Yeah. And where we get tantal- tantalizing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Sisyphean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And his own mom, which yeah, he didn't, his own mom. She didn't know he was. He didn't know she was dead. He did not know she was dead, and and the reason she gives, you know. Or why I'm dead? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's interesting first that he sees her, and he he doesn't invite her over because he uh, is there to talk to a certain guy. You know, he he wants to talk to this guy first, right? The reason that he's there, he's taken care of first before he talks to his mom. Yeah. Yep. And then once he talks to this guy who tells him pretty much, you know, how he's going to get home, then um, he talks to his mom, and his mom says, "Well, I'm dead because I grieve for you." Yeah, I and killed he doesn't myself, really have a right? whole lot to say about that. Yeah, he doesn't know what to say. No, uh, yeah. he's upset. <laughs> he's yeah, upset. he is upset, but he he doesn't he doesn't say words. No. Yep. Um, it, it, there's um. He sees the mother of Oedipus. Uh, yes, and yep. she's she's uh, she's everybody gets a little mention. Yeah. It's it's little, almost like little paragraph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see what page I've got. Another thing that was interesting to me is that after he gets to a certain point, he says, and I saw a bunch of other people too. And, uh, now I'm tired. And now you you (laughs) spring right back to the present time because, um, you know, it's interesting to think about how this is being presented because there's, there's really a bard that's talking to an audience and he's been Odysseus now for, 
however many hours it's been right. since, it's, since uh, chapter nine. Two started. days, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So two now, days of talking. So now he says he brings the audience back to you know Odysseus is telling this story and mm-hmm. he talked to Alcinous again and he says yeah we probably ought to get some sleep or something and then uh, he's convinced to move on. Uh, on the last page of book uh, 11, mm-hmm. uh, there was a, a line that I struck me, and I don't know if I can spot it here, but I will look it up on my notes here. Mm-hmm. It says, um, yeah, this is a quote, just a short quote. One death is enough for both men, but you shall now have two. Um, <laughs> who's, who's talking? Is it uh, Hermes? Um I can't. I I didn't write down who was talking, but it's on the last page. Yeah, it's on the last page of book nine. Uh, sorry, book eleven of uh-huh. the uh, uh, one page one eighty eight in my book. Um, Is uh let's see, Heracles. Yeah, it could. Yeah, I think that was it. That's, one. Uh, yeah, one look was enough to tell Heracles who I was, and he greeted me in mournful tones. Unhappy man, he exclaimed after reciting my titles. So you two are, isn't Heracles long dead? Like, how would he know who Odysseus yeah. is, right? Right. I guess they talk down in there. They must. <laughs> they got nothing else to do. Yeah. It says, he exclaimed after reciting my tales, so you are, so you too are working out some miserable doom as I was a slave to when the sun shone over my head. <laughs> Son of Zeus, though I was, unending troubles came my way, for I was bound in service to a master far beneath my rank who used to set me the most arduous tasks. <laughs> Once, being unable to think of anything more difficult to do, he sent me down here to bring away the hell, the hound of hell. And under the guiding hands of Hermes and bright Athena, I did succeed in capturing him, and I dragged him out of Hades' realm. Hmm. Heracles said no more, but withdrew to the house of Hades, while I stuck to my post and in hope that I might yet be visited by other men of note who had perished long ago. Um, maybe it maybe it wasn't Heracles. I don't see it there. Huh. Maybe I made a mistaken note on what page I, it was. I thought um, his quick conversation with Achilles was interesting. Um, yeah. And interesting mostly because when Achilles approaches him, uh, Odysseus says, I reassured the ghost, but he broke out protesting. Yeah. No winning words about death to me, shining Odysseus. By God, I'd rather slave on earth for another man, some dirt-poor tenant farmer who scrapes to keep alive, than rule down here over all the breathless dead. So, yeah, this is no paradise that they're in. No, in fact, um, that's what Achilles said, or uh, Odysseus says to him right before that is, uh, oh, you're looking awesome, right? You're yeah. you're the king down there. It says, for you, Achilles, death should have not lost its sting, right? Because yeah, yeah. he's he's doing well. He's, he's dressed in shining armor and totally, uh, he's he's got a great reputation down there, right? Yeah. But yeah, death ain't what what you want it to be. Right. Death death isn't. Yeah, so it's in the, you know, that's, that's no comfort in any in any way, shape, or form. And it's very uh, interesting. What we haven't mentioned either is you know that that offering that in that trench, the blood. Mm-hmm. That's they come up there to drink that, right? Yeah, they do. Right. They're coming up there not because and they when, want to, mm-hmm. but because they're addicted to uh, life. Death, blood is a symbol of death and life, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And. 
to they're compelled to drink it and he has this he has this sword right and he can make them talk by pr- putting it in front of the trench or not mm-hmm. right yep they come up they want to drink oh tell mm-hmm. me your story <laughs> what's going on in hell <laughs> yeah yeah see another thing that happens is agamemnon tells him not to oh, trust right, not, sure. don't trust any women yeah, even he's your own wife. Uh, cynical. Yeah, even your own wife. Don't don't trust him. Well, uh, it's interesting because he doesn't. He follows the advice, right? Eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he doesn't really. Um, I don't think there's a good reason for that because uh, Penelope's pretty trustworthy. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe she would yeah. give something away. Is the idea? But um, I, I think Agamemnon's just bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. Because <laughs> Clytemnestra yep. offs him, right? Yeah. <laughs> Offed him. Uh, and it's a it's a and uh, Ajax would not talk to him yeah yeah, and that's because they mm -hmm. had fought over Achilles armor right Mm -hmm. when Achilles was dead so I'm getting the armor no I'm getting the armor (laughs) yeah so I cried out but Ajax answered not a word yeah yeah interesting burning him even in death yeah, I saw Minos there. I saw I next caught sight of Orion, the huge hunter. He's I a saw Tidius. Yeah, yeah, fascinating chapter. And it seems like the whole point of the the chapter. I mean, it, it's it's very cool. But I guess the um, point of it for the story plot plot anyway is he now knows what he's got to go through to get home. Yeah, um, it, it seems like. Everybody who who everybody knows more stuff than he does about how to what the future is going to hold. Um, he he gets all his information from these gods and goddesses, but even the goddesses need oh you need to go over there and do this. But it it might all seem like an excuse for a new kind of adventure. And mm-hmm. and by the end of book twelve, I was like, okay, now you're just you're just throwing in anything because I really don't understand the the Charybdis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like. It's like some woman under the water who sucks the, uh, sucks the water down and then pours it back up. It sounds like a natural phenomenon to me. Yeah. But yeah. the Scylla, she's got nine legs or something mm-hmm. and ten necks or something. Yeah. So you have a whirlpool and a giant creature, and you've got to sail in between them. But didn't he didn't he tell her to to give the whirlpool a wide berth and yeah. sail closer to the monster? Right, and you're going to lose men, and don't bother even trying to fight them. Uh-huh. Uh, you're just going to lose men, but you can't help them. Right, right. And that that seemed to me like, I mean, the only connection I can see in that, in, that's in our next book, uh, book 12. Mm-hmm. Um, the only connection I see there is it's, it's, uh, it's like an old-fashioned version of the cold equations, right? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, you've only got so much water to get through the desert and you have this many men. Yeah. You're, you're this, just gonna, is, this is the way it is. There's not going to be any reasoning through this. Right. You're just going to take your losses and go and through. And you don't know who's going who's gonna to die. Yeah. Um, so, um, before we move on to that chapter, mm-hmm. um, the Book of the Dead, this is, this is uh, you know, the, cyc- the story of the Cyclops, you know, you, you like, oh brother, where art thou, right? This, yeah, this yeah. whole... This whole, uh, they never forget the Cyclops. But um, I also think that the, the chapter on the on the Book of the Dead is really influential. And in, in a way that uh, even Circe's story is not 
because um, Dante's Inferno, right? Yeah, no this question. Is, yeah, this is um, Paradise Lost, Dante's Inferno, mm-hmm. um, and uh, as we mentioned earlier, the um, River King World Powers. <laughs> River World. Hmm. Well, it just occurs to me that you know the the point is where sure. if you can commune with all these people who came before you who have wisdom you know right i never thought of it that way but they're all alive is the idea right i guess i don't know in river Uh, maybe that's what happens after the uh after the rapture of hell or the harrowing of hell Mm -hmm. or harrowing of hades or however you want to describe it right um but the uh also um the iliad not the iliad the aeneid um uh, which is the the Roman sort of reversal of the Odyssey, which is an amazing book in itself, which also includes uh, kind of an Iliad as well. So it starts as the Odyssey mm-hmm. and continues as the Iliad, and it's in reverse because it's the Trojans, right? Yeah. Majors of the Trojans escaping Troy and finding a new home, and that becomes Rome. Um, and in this journey, Aeneas, he makes a... a trip into the underworld as well and this is long after the odyssey was written but it's definitely inspired by uh this whole religious uh system that the 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 greeks had that the romans have adopted but the the visiting the land of the dead is is a is a story you you see again and again sure do yeah and i think it's you know you can sort of see it all right in in here fascinating yep yeah and it's just it's it's amazing how much is in just a few pages, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if this was a if this was a uh, modern book, what do we got? One page one seventy one to one eighty eight, and that's it. That's the entire book. Of the- <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's the richest chapter we've read so far. And um, I we're not going to do justice to even a yeah, quarter yeah. of it, but mm-hmm. I think there's um. It's 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 worth revisiting again. And um, speaking of which, I, I didn't mention earlier, but uh, I am doing all this uh, Philip K. Dick short story stuff. And one of the, he's got two stories that are very much Circe uh, inspired. I think mm-hmm. one of them is called Strange Eden, and that one is a story in which um, a ship's captain lands on a planet that's a strange forest, and he goes into the forest and um, discovers these. Uh, Mountain lions that are alien mountain lions that are uh, tame, and these wolves that are tame, and of course there's a woman there, um, and it's basically like Star Trek. Uh, you know, the, uh, the the Apollo is a real guy who's an alien who visited oh, yeah. Earth. Mm-hmm. It's the same idea, except uh, it's Cersei, right? Cersei was an. She says, "Oh yes, I visited Earth a long time ago, and I knew a young man." Named Odysseus, <laughs> and it's yeah. um, she turns this guy into a pig as well because they want to turn the planet into a like a uh, shopping mall or something. Yeah, um, yeah. and of course uh, the other one that I is rather striking and one of my favorite Philip K. Dick stories is is uh, Beyond Lies the Wub, which uh, I don't. Have you read that one? You know, I believe that I have. Um, yeah. So what, what's the premise? The Wub is a pig. It's a big, ah. dirty. Mm-hmm. The captain of the ship uh, lands on Mars, and uh, they start stealing uh, food mm-hmm. from the Martians. 
you know, animals. They load their ship up, and uh, one of the soldiers, uh, one of his his sailors, <laughs> comes back to the ship with a wub. He says, "I bought it from a native for uh, twenty five cents." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they carry it on board, and then uh, just as the captain is saying, "We're going to eat this pig," um, the pig says, "Oh, captain, don't do that," and he starts discussing Odysseus and uh, um, the, you know, how you should live your life. And uh, he's a vegetarian. And, and then uh, of course the captain is a greedy pig and there's a, uh, a role reversal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's like, you can say, okay, right. In 1951, Philip K. Dick read the Odyssey and says, Oh boy, I've got a whole lot of ideas now. <laughs> Starts writing, yeah. and for like the next five years, he's just spinning off story ideas, fantasies, mm-hmm. uh, based on 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 those stories. And yeah, interesting. And that's why I'm thinking, you know, there's probably something. Yeah, to we, that. and we mentioned Tim Powers um, on Stranger Tides, oh, yeah. and uh, Tim Powers and Philip K. Dick spent time together, didn't they? Yeah, I think they were good friends. They knew each other very well, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Very. Well. We've got um, we've got the end of book eleven, mm-hmm. um, and there's a that ends with the the end of the talk with Heracles, right? Yeah. Um, and there was one line in here. Uh, I just want to do this last paragraph because I think it's a nice way to end it. Okay. it. Says Heracles said no more, but withdrew into the house of Hades, while I stuck to my post in the hope that I might yet be visited by other men of note who had perished long ago. And now I should have gone still further back in time and seen the heroes whom I wished to meet, Theseus, for instance, and uh, Periotus, those gold, gold, glorious children of the gods. But before that could happen, the tribes of the dead came up and gathered round me in their tens of thousands, raising their eerie cry. Sheer panic turned me pale, gripped by the sudden fear and dread Persephone might send me up from Hades halls, some ghastly monster like the Gorgon's head. Mm-hmm. I made off quickly to my ship and told my men to embark and loose the hawsers. They climbed in at once and took their seats on the benches, and the current carried us down the river ocean, helped by the oars at first and later by a friendly breeze. And then they returned to, that's the end of it, they returned mm-hmm. to Circe, Circe's Island, eat some more food, and then... <laughs> Strike off. Right, right, and then off they go. Yep. So well, yeah. I don't know what to. I don't. Know, I don't, really don't know what to make of the Scylla and the Charybdis, other than what we've. Yeah, for sure. Said. And then they gotta go past the sirens, and we've really talked about that. So, um, yeah. After all of that, um, chapter twelve or book twelve is really them going through what they were told that they had to to get home. Right, um, but it it doesn't quite go all as planned. Um, no, it it ends with uh, with basically back where he was um, uh, at the beginning, right yeah, when we first fact, meet him. Yeah, the very end of chapter twelve, he he tells uh, Alcinous, um, just yesterday here at the hall, I told you all the rest. You and your gracious wife. It goes against my grain to repeat a tale told once and told right. so clearly. So, uh, yeah, now we're, you know, at almost exactly the halfway point of this book. And um, 
we are, remember the first time that we saw Odysseus in chapter five, he was sitting there weeping on the beach um, mm-hmm. on Calypso's Island. Right. Yep. And, and that, uh, that's how we, that's how he got there alone right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, most of the men are killed in this chapter and they're killed by, uh, by the, well, how are they killed? They're, they well, land on Hyperion. That's the that's the part that we haven't talked about. Okay. The uh, island of Hyperion, the the sun god's island. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, and they're, they're they get through the Charybdis, there and they they're, get through the yeah. They get by the uh, they get past Charybdis. They get through um, Scylla. Scylla eats six of them, mm-hmm. and then they land on the island of Hyperion. Even though. Uh, Cersei says, don't land there. His men say, come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, fine, but no eating of the sheep don't or the cow. Don't eat that stuff. Yeah, and eat they, the and they expected to probably be there for a day, and they said, no problem, we won't eat anything. Promise. And then they land there, and then the wind goes against them, and they can't leave. It's like 30 days. They right. run out of all their food, and um, Odysseus... You know, he goes is asleep. off to pray. Yeah, he goes off to pray. That's right. He goes off to pray, and then he falls asleep. Falls asleep, and is awakened by the smell of meat, and is not too happy. And is none with too his happy, guys. Yeah. And there, the the justification um, for well, we should eat these yummy cows um, is a uh, well, we'll make it up later. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, we'll sacrifice uh, some bulls when we get to Ithaca. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll we'll give we'll give uh, everybody will be pacified. Don't worry. Um, and uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it, you kind of say. Uh, at what point do you say, okay, Odysseus? You know, you never take the blame for anything. Right? <laughs> right. You don't take the blame for anything. Mm-hmm. Everything is somebody else's fault. But um, in a way, uh, he's different from from other. Greek characters that we've seen in uh, Greek tragedies, right? He mm-hmm. is a uh, he is the exception because although tragedy is all around him, um, he does make it home. He does <laughs> um, get what he wants in the end. Um, he does have that homecoming where uh, all his men are killed, and it, it is true that you know, well, according to him, anyways that. Mm-hmm. These guys did something he explicitly told them not to do. Um, yeah, yeah. He went off and left them, knowing that there was a temptation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And another interesting detail is that the cattle uh, are like Massive. immortal, immortal cattle too. They're, yeah. Um, at one point, the the hides start to crawl around, and the meat. Yeah, when is, they, when. He's. It's like thunder and lightning, right? And it's. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, it's. They don't. They start rotting. Or are you saying they're still alive? Well, the, the thing. Uh, let's see. Okay, it's right here. Let's see, as soon as I reached our ship at the water's edge, I took the men to task, upbraiding each in turn. But how to set things right? We couldn't find a way. The cattle were dead already, and the gods soon showed us all some fateful signs. The hides began to crawl. The meat, both raw and roasted, bellowed out on the spits, and we heard a noise oh. like the moan of lowing oxen. 
I, I, I was thinking like the crawling was like there was like maggots or something in it. But oh. I like that. I liked that your interpretation is is actually more interesting. It's like uh, those cows are still alive, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got out of it. Yeah, yeah, that's. It's like uh, they're zombie cows or something. Exactly. Killed. <laughs> yep. Right. Huh. Yeah, I yeah. didn't think. Yeah, six I, I thought, more. I thought it was. Yeah. So. Keep reading, go. It just says, yet six more days, my eager companions feasted on the cattle of the sun. The pick of the herds they'd driven off, but then when Crony and Zeus brought on the seventh day, the wind in its ceaseless raging dropped at last. And they boarded the ship and headed for open sea at that point. But once they did that, uh, vengeance was taken. It, it basically, the ship was smashed to bits, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he gets thrown. They they go back through the the narrowing between the Charybdis and the uh, Scylla. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't I don't understand how he ends up in that oak tree or whatever it is that's hanging mm. over the uh, over the opening. Yeah, uh, let's see. It's, it's like going along, and then woof, he's thrown up into the air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Onto the oak I tree. think that's exactly it. I held on, dead set, waiting for her to vomit my mast and keel back up again. Oh, how I ached for both, and back they came. Late, but at last, at the, just the hour, a judge at court, who settled the countless suits of brash young claimants, rises, the day's work's done, and turns home from supper. That's when the timbers reared back up from Charybdis. I let go... I plunged with my hands and feet flailing, crashing into the waves beside those great beams and scrambled aboard them fast. I rode hard with my hands through the straits. Mm-hmm. And then it says I drifted for nine days. Right. Yeah. And then and then he then we're back to book five, isn't it? Exactly. The very beginning of book five. Yeah. And then we're no well, longer in first after, person after, anymore. Yeah, well, he's, it's, he's it's, had it's, a lot of experience. It's circular, this yeah. book. It, it, We've had a lot of experience. You start at the beginning, and then you go to the end, and then you go yeah. back to the middle, and then circle <laughs> right. around. And so he's he's at the beginning of what results in the beginning of five, right? Right, you know? right. Because he does go through years with Calypso, and then that's right. where we meet him first. Seven years, I think, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well, this is a fascinating book. I'm, I'm enjoying the heck uh, out of it. It's an adventure. It's an adventure, yeah. isn't it? And it's neat to see, you know, uh, we've pointed out a few times, just pieces of other things in it. Oh, yeah. You know, which have, you know, derived from this. This is the source. So, the um, the next chapter is going to be our next one. Mm-hmm. And that's 13, Odysseus lands in Ithaca. Yep, Ithaca at last. And where uh-huh. we left them was um, Telemachus had left to go find him, to find Odysseus. His wife is still there, and the place is overrun with suitors. And the suitors uh, then, had also gone after Telemachus. I don't imagine right. all of them did. I imagine it was some of them did. And then uh, book uh, fourteen mm-hmm. is it is in Emmaus's hut. Then uh, book fifteen, Telemachus returns. And book sixteen, Odysseus meets his son. Very nice. Now, after that point, well, those are the next four books. Where we're gonna have? I, I don't think it's another four, is it? Maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Let's it is see. another four, and we just exactly how many books in this? Twenty-four. Book? <laughs> Twenty-four is what 24. I see. Twenty-four. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, uh, I you know I really have forgotten a lot of this. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really knew. I think the Book of the Dead I had researched somehow last year or the year before, mm-hmm. and I 
knew Cersei's story and Calypso's story very well. I I didn't remember the the Telemachia four books, but this this uh, this end part I remember. There's the stringing of the bow. There's uh, there's a bunch of um, deception. You know, he's wearing a costume or a magical disguise or something. But mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what's going to happen. And there seems to be a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, yeah, so for certain. Going to be interesting. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.